It sometimes seems that on important occasions, God has a habit of showing up in odd, unexpected places. You might think that if he's going to do some meaningful, life-altering thing, he's going to do it somewhere suitably impressive. Perhaps on a day of historical resonance, or in a majestic cathedral, or a landscape of surpassing beauty, maybe the college of an ancient chapel, or even an exquisite church such as St. John's. And to be sure, he can show up in all of these places, but not always, and certainly not always when it really matters. I've always been a Christian, to be sure, sometimes more tepid than others, but always a Christian. So I'm not going to talk about a conversion experience, but I am going to talk about a moment of absolute clarity which seemed to be of God. And mine took place in the rather dingy basement of a bombed out, unattractively rebuilt church in the East End of London, where I was training for ordination. A year into my training, other than a couple of people I really respected suggesting I go through discernment, and no one in that process definitively saying no, I had no real idea why I was there. And then, one evening, in a very ordinary place, God showed up. In today's Old Testament reading, we hear the story of Naaman, the commander of the, kings of Aram, the, the com commander of the armies of the king of Aram, and how he comes to the prophet Elisha to be healed of his skin disease, of his leprosy. He's heard great things about Elisha and about his powerful God, the living God of Israel. He arrives at Elisha's, but the prophet doesn't even come out to meet him. He just sends him a short message to go and wash in the River Jordan seven times. Well, at this, Naaman has a bit of a temper tantrum. He's come with horses and chariots, soldiers and servants, and bearing expensive gifts. He expects the great Elisha to come out invoke God, and with inspiring language, wave his hands over the diseased skin and cure the famous commander. Moreover, Naaman complains, the rivers of Damascus are not just much more impressive than the muddy river Jordan, but all the waters of Israel. He expects a dramatic act representative of a transcendent, omnipotent God. And all he gets is a short note and some washing instructions. Yet, as his servant points out, why not do this simple everyday thing in this unimpressive place if he would willingly have done something much harder? And the message? Naaman realizes that God can show up in ordinary places and do extraordinary things. And the same is true in our gospel reading. In the edgy borderlands between Samaria and Galilee, between the communities of Jews and Samaritans, with the former scorning the latter, Jesus performs multiple miracles, again involving healing, again involving leprosy. In this ordinary, even slightly dodgy place, with an ordinary action, go show yourselves to the priests, he says. A miracle occurs. 
in the everyday world, at an everyday time, and in this case to everyday people, God shows up and does something very special. So to come back to my ordinary place, my everyday place, to that rather run-down basement room 12 years ago, what was my moment of clarity? Well, it was this. A sudden and complete certainty that I was being trained and would be ordained in order to be both a priest and carry on working in the secular workplace. Be ordained and carry on in the secular workplace in order to make better, clearer, the connections between God and that place, both the people in that place and the work of that place. And it was also sudden and complete clarity that, despite what many others felt, God was interested in the entire world of work, that he cared about it, that it was as valid and important a part of his creation as anything else, not perfect to be sure, and very imperfect in many ways, but important and undeniably part of what he cared about. I was convinced from that evening on that my role, my vocation, was to try however I could to bring God and the workplace a little closer together. Our role, our calling as Christians, is to help God in the healing of what we humans have broken. That's what it means to love him and to love our neighbor, by bringing healing and reconciliation wherever we may be. Jesus died on the cross to start this process, a process to be very clear that will not be perfected until the end of time. But through his death, he began this process and charged us, his followers, with carrying it on. The forgiveness and redemption, the healing that he brought on the cross, is given to us if we'll accept it, and given to others if we can help them realize that it's available. Both the stories of Naaman and that of the ten lepers are stories of healing. Healing available to all, both great and lowly, through simple acts, in everyday places. And what place could be more everyday than the office, the cubicle, the classroom, the shop, the factory, the museum, the hospital, or wherever else it is that we work and where we spend so much of our lives? And yet the message of these two stories is that that is exactly where God's healing can happen, where he heals people where he heals part of his broken creation. But how do we, how do you, play a part in that? Many of you will know St. Teresa of Avila's beautiful prayer. Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses the world. What I hope to explore with many of you in the months and years to come is how we, you and I, as the people of St. John's, can be Christ's healing and compassionate eyes, hands and feet 
in the workplaces of this city and beyond. There'll be much more time to discuss this, but let me briefly outline four ways in which you might fulfill the wish of that prayer and bring God's healing to others and to the world. But before I do that, let me emphasize that this is a ministry for all of you who interact with those who work, whether or not you still work, and indeed whether you have never worked at all. So here are those four ways. First, the workplace is somewhere where you're able to fulfill your Christian obligation to care for those who are in need, to care for your neighbors. Those in the workplace who, to adapt slightly the parable of the sheep and the goats, are metaphorically hungry, or thirsty, or the stranger, or feel naked, or feel themselves a prisoner. It's also a place to exercise the gifts and talents God has given you by making things and providing services that can help improve people's lives. And if you're successful in that, you can also create employment for others that gives them dignity and enables them to support their families. And in doing that, also create wealth that can be shared with others. It's also a place where you seek healing for God's creation by working for fairness and ethics in your own organization and by encouraging that organization to contribute to the common good of the community and society around it. And it's also a place where you bring your experience of Jesus to others. Not usually, to be sure, by overtly preaching, but more by the example of the way you lead your lives and treat others, while also being open about your Christian belief and motivation. Now, I understand that some of that may sound easier said than done. And what happens if God doesn't show up to help? Well, here's the real key to success in this ministry. It's not in waiting, hoping, praying that God shows up to help you to do something extraordinary. It's in realizing that he's there now, and he always was. It's just you didn't see it. You didn't expect it. And once you realize that, you can understand how in seemingly ordinary, everyday places, you can, with our ever-present God, just by doing ordinary things, bring about extraordinary results. As his eyes and hands and feet, you can in your everyday life, in your everyday setting, help with the healing of your fellow humans and in the healing of the world which our creator God made and loves in its entirety. This place, this church, is our center and our rock. We come here Sunday by Sunday to gather together, to draw strength from each other, and to be nourished by the sacrament which recalls that sacrificial act for the healing of the world. But it is in going out, understanding as Naaman came to, that God is present in ordinary everyday places where hurt exists and healing is needed, that you can find your true calling. It's nothing flashy, nothing too complicated, nothing grand, nothing too beautiful, 
nothing too ancient, nothing too hallowed, but in going out and trying to be, however imperfectly, Christ's eyes and hands and feet in a place of work day by day, you can find a calling. Twelve years ago, I realized that was my calling. Will you now join me and also make it yours? Amen.